Okay, saints, praise the Lord. Amen. So we're going to transition here from the table to this morning's meeting. So why don't we all stand and sing hymn 542. All the riches. All the riches. Amen. The new riches. Amen.
play two by two and remember to silence your cell phones. Exactly 22 years ago this day, our dear brother Witness Lee left us, um, passed away to go and be with the Lord. And we all know this verse, um, well, these verses in chapter 1 of Philippians, where Paul was talking about his possible and perhaps imminent martyrdom or death. And it is in the context of that that he spoke about the magnification of Christ. So he said this, he said, for I know, uh, chapter, verse 19, chapter one, this will turn out to salvation. This morning, the message is on salvation. To salvation, you may say, Paul, you're saved already. You have eternal life. You are not going to hell. How come you still need to be saved? Well, that's why we have the message today on this aspect of the experience of Christ, to experience him as our constant salvation, not just eternal salvation, but our constant daily, moment by moment, circumstance to circumstance salvation. Through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I like this. There are two things going on here. The first thing that Paul mentioned was not even the spirit. The first thing he mentioned was the body's prayer. Uh, he is surely a totally body conscious Christian or person. Without your prayer, he was saying to the Philippians, I won't be enjoying this salvation. And the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, 
And this is something inward in Paul. And that is the Christ in Paul as that spirit of Jesus Christ would supply Paul in a bountiful fashion. Not in a meager way, but brothers and sisters, in a bountiful way, in an exhaustless way, in an unlimited way, in an unfathomable way. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I would be put to shame. You know, what is this not to be put to shame? A person like Paul, uh, imprisoned, bound there, to not be put to shame in that situation means Paul was experiencing salvation. To be saved in his environment is, was, not, was, just, was not to be put to shame in that environment. What is not to be put to shame? He went on. But with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body. Whether through life or through death, Paul was saying, his definition of not being put to shame was his magnification of Christ. If Paul was not magnifying Christ, if Paul was not making Christ seen, clearly magnified, expressed in a greater way in his body, then Paul was somehow put to shame. That was Paul's standard of salvation. That was to Paul what is the meaning of being shameless to magnify Christ, whether through life or through death, he wasn't sure. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That was Paul's constant goal, to live Christ. This is more than living for Christ, more than living with Christ, more than even living in Christ or living by Christ. There's no preposition here. It was simply to live Christ. So that as Paul lived, Christ lived. And as Christ lived in him, Paul lived. Paul lived Christ. He was not just living himself. He was surely not living just a good life or a religious life of his own righteousness. Paul was living the person of Christ. When you see Paul, you see Christ. You see Christ magnified. Make big, made big. The small Christ in, was in his spirit was magnified through his soul and even seen in his body. That was Paul's aspiration. And to die is gain. 
There's also a possibility that he may die soon. But he thinks to die for this God-man is gain. But if I am to live in the flesh, if this to me is fruit for my work, then I do not know what I will choose. He was kind of in a quandary. He had a dilemma. Should I live or should I die? To Christ, to Paul, both were good. One it was to live Christ, the other is to gain Christ in a much fuller way. So he was constrained between the two. He was pressed. He didn't know what to choose. Having the desire to depart, to be with Christ, that is to die, so that he could be with Christ in a much more intimate, closer way. There will be less of a distance between him and the Lord. This is far better, even he said. But, but, the concern for the body, the concern for the saints came to him. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Isn't there, there someone less selfish? Is there someone less selfish than that? For your sake, for me, I'm ready to go. Much better. I'll be much closer to my Lord but for your sake, Paul was not even just for his own gain. Paul was concerned and burdened for the Philippians, for the saints, for your sake. And being confident of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of the faith. So he did continue. The Lord knew knows and the Lord was sovereign he continued for the sake of the saints and for the sake of the churches but either way either way life or death Christ was magnified in the apostle now this morning I remember brother Lee and I wish you would all do. Of course, we have a growing ranks in our church population that have only heard of Brother Lee. You have not met him. You have not seen him in person. Maybe even we have more and more who have even not seen him on videotapes. You don't know who this person was except that we name him often. Well, I'm not here to take the time to have a new memorial, but there is a book that came out after Brother Lee's passing that is called the, the a memorial, a memorial uh, of Brother Lee. And I very much encourage you to go and read that. But I remember Brother Lee in this way. He always considered Southern California special to him. He said Anaheim was his paradise, the church in Anaheim. 
So I was briefly, I briefly sojourned in paradise in the 1980s. Unfortunately, that paradise at that time was somewhat at war, in a turmoil, going through a rebellion, but a paradise it still was. Even Brother Lee was kept away from that paradise for a year. Some of you don't know that. But if the church in Anaheim was his paradise, then I would say the churches in Southern California, and as we say these days, the church in Southern California must have been his garden. Whenever he came back to Southern California, whenever he came back to Anaheim, he said he came home. This was Brother Lee's home. And this morning, standing here, I feel like I'm home. I'm speaking to a family. God's family, for sure. But I would say Brother Lee's family. And this morning, I would say this, my family also. So this morning, it's a kind of a family time, sitting in the living room, to have some fellowship together concerning experiencing Christ. I also like to say this in the context of Philippians, that, you know, Paul, in his writing, in an epistle like this, had no intention to speak about theology, uh, doctrines, or just he was there to teach and instruct the Philippians about this or that. Paul, speaking to his beloved church, Philippi, was with them, speaking to them in a most intimate way, in a most personal way, as you can see if you read the whole epistle. These Philippians were in their inward part, in his inward parts, and he rejoiced at the end how a long winter has passed and their heart for the apostle is flourishing again. And Paul took great comfort in this. And of course, there's not another epistle that Paul wrote that he spoke so much about joy and rejoicing. He wanted to have the fullness of joy from the Philippians. You have any compassion? You have any fellowship? You want to make my joy full in the prison? You would think the same thing. Well, I like to say um, that's how Brother Lee was with us. It's not here just to give us some teachings and doctrines. Our brother was often intimate with us, personal with us, uh, burdened for us, and filled with care for us, and thus he spoke. And now he is no longer with us, but his speaking is still here. Now, 
Why do we say that this current burden on the experiencing Christ is timely? Is so timely? Well, it is because this is our need right now in a desperate way and in an urgent way. We saw that in the outline last night. I hope, my brothers and sisters, this morning, you would all receive this fellowship in the same way that Paul expected the Philippians to receive the letter. You know, the church in Philippi was started by Paul being in prison. And now this, one of the last of Paul's epistles written to Philippians, he found himself in prison again. But in that first prison, he was with Silas that night, praying and singing and rejoicing. And here alone in Rome, he was in prison again many years later. He was still, I believe, singing and praising and praying, magnifying Christ in his body. Now, speaking to the Philippians, it's very much like Brother Lee speaking to us. And that is, you need to think the one thing. You need to think the same thing. You need to be joined in soul. You need to have an impartial love, the same love towards one another. Philippians, you are a good church. You are an orderly church. No other epistles he would say to the church with the elders and the deacons showing how orderly and proper this church was. Yet, he found something that is a bit shameful, something that is not up to his expectation, and that was the church in Philippi had a difference of thoughts among the saints. They thought differently. They have different souls. They were not joined together. They have rivalry, some rivalry at least, and certain seeking of vainglory. There's some competition among them, in other words. Eventually even between two sisters and to this church, this good church, he told them, to be joined in soul, to think the one thing. To this church, he told them, you need to focus on the experience of Christ. And so by way of the revelation that he received, and also by way of his personal experience in the pursuing and the gaining of Christ, he wrote this epistle to them. I say again, not a theological treatise, 
but a letter to incite them, to plea with them, to ask them to be joined together in the same soul, in the same mind, to experience Christ and to enjoy him. Well, brothers and sisters, we may have all the books here, all the books here that our brother spoke, you know, message after message. The urgent need, the burden today is that all those books would become our reality. Even this song, Oh the Riches, one of Brother Lee's favorite songs. It's not just a hymn to be sung, but all this must become reality in our personal and corporate life today. This is the urgent situation. My brother said, the peril facing us in the recovery today are two things. Number one, division. And number two, emptiness. Those two perils face the Lord's recovery in a constant way. Well, in these days, I thank the Lord that we don't have divisions. At least we don't have serious and major divisions that we had decades ago. So I like to say today, the peril or danger that is facing the Lord's recovery is one of emptiness. Emptiness. Division violates the principle of oneness, which is crucial to the testimony of Jesus. Emptiness, on the other hand, doesn't have to do with oneness, but has to do with content. There's a possibility we may be one. We're not divided, but we're devoid of content. We're devoid of the riches of Christ. And when I say this, I don't mean the riches in the books. I mean riches in our experience in a daily way. That is what is short. And I look at myself, I must admit, that is my greatest shortage today. My lack of experiencing Christ in the smallest, tiniest daily affair. Paul needed to be saved in the, in the stock, in this terrible, terrible environment, in a dungeon or in a jail, in prison. He needed to be saved. We are not in the dungeon. We're not in jail. We're just living our daily life. But the apostle said what? Your murmurings, your reasonings, you need to be saved from that. Those are not outwardly dungeons and, and, and stocks and, and, and chains and guards. I need to be safe from that to magnify Christ. But you need to be safe in a daily, constant way from your murmurings, from your reasonings, from your opinions, 
from your rivalries. You need to be saved. So today we come to experiencing Christ as our constant salvation. Notice the word constant. Constant salvation. The salvation, let's go into the outline, in Philippians 2.12 is not eternal salvation from God's condemnation. I think we should all be clear about that. Most Christians today, when they talk about salvation, they referred quite simply to that salvation, and that is the eternal salvation that we receive when we believe in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we were redeemed by his blood, when we were forgiven of our sins, when we were delivered from eternal perdition. So we were saved. We were saved. But the salvation talked about here in Philippians, specifically in Philippians 2 this morning, is not that salvation. That salvation is a base. The salvation is not just the salvation from the lake of fire, but the daily and constant salvation that is Christ as a living person. You know, we have this kind of a saying that came from Brother Watchman Nee, a bit like a, a light saying, but very insightful. He said, today there are many Christians that are saved but not regenerated. Have you heard that? Is that possible? Saved but not regenerated. Now doctrinally that doesn't make much sense, but experientially it makes a lot of sense. That is talking about Christians who are nominally saved or minimally saved once upon a time they received Jesus Christ as their personal savior. They were saved, they're saved eternally, but actually they have never touched the Lord. They, 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 they were saved positionally, thank, thank the Lord, but conditionally they were as if they were unregenerated people. They never experienced Christ as their life, the indwelling Christ the spirit of life living in them. So we say they are saved but not regenerated. Now this morning I'd like to flip this around to speak to us, brothers and sisters in the Lord's recovery. I'm concerned that we are the other way. We are regenerated but we're not saved. Do you get my point? We regenerate it. We touch the Lord. We even know our human spirit, the mingled spirit. But you know what? We live our daily life unsaved. Not in an eternal sense, but in a constant sense, in a present sense. In your environment, in your marriage right now, 
in your family, in all kinds of circumstances that you find yourself in. You're not saved. Why? Because you're full of complaints. You're full of murmurings. So you're not saved. Well, I'd like to tell you, this matter of a salvation is a complicated matter, and we don't have time for that. But I just read to you one verse in Hebrews 7.25. Hence also he, that is Jesus, is able to save to the uttermost those who come forward to God through him, since he lives always to intercede for them. My brothers and sisters, there is something about being saved to the uttermost. Not barely safe. Not poorly saved. Not initially safe. But safe to the uttermost. That word uttermost means completely. Entirely. Even perfectly. That means you're not just regenerated in your spirit. You are entirely transformed in your soul. You are renewed. You are sanctified. You are even being conformed to the image of God's firstborn son. And you have a future. And that is, you are going to be even glorified. Amen. Glorified. Remember, the pattern we saw last night is started with this one, the second in the Trinity, the Son, taking the form of a slave and being found in likeness of man, found in fashion of, as a man. He died, and he died the death of a cross, but God has highly exalted him Amen. and brought this man into glory. And brothers and sisters, this is the pattern. This is salvation. I tell you, actually, in a way, Jesus as a man was experiencing salvation as a man. Am I right? He was being saved. You know, in Hebrews it says, it's not that he couldn't taste and understand our weaknesses because he was tempted as he, we were. He needed salvation as a man. And so we have a pattern here in chapter 2, how he was saved. That salvation was not even just to save him when he was on the earth from persecution. By the Jew, in the hands of Jews, etc., etc. Not even just a saved in a way of being resurrected after he was crucified, but he was saved to the end in exaltation, Amen. brought into glory. Amen. The glorified Jesus Amen. is in heaven today. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are supposed to experience the same salvation. Amen. 
That is not just men for Jesus alone. That is to men for all of us. We're here to duplicate that salvation. That's why we need this pattern. And to have this pattern, to know this pattern, we need to have his mind. We need to think as he did so that we can experience him as this pattern of salvation. So today we're regenerated but we're still being saved day by day. We're still being saved moment by moment. Even right now sitting there you need to be saved. Me standing here, I need to be saved. I am in the process of being saved right now. By the prayers of the saints and by the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Daily, constantly. And this salvation, this salvation is not even just a process. It is a process. But this salvation, just like the pattern, is a person. It is Christ. And to the extent that this Christ possesses you, takes you over, saturates you, permeates you, is expressed through you, lived out by you, magnified by you, you are being saved. So if you are not magnifying Christ that moment, that moment, you are an unsaved Christian. When you're murmuring, you are not saved. You're saved, but you're not saved. Your eternal destination is guaranteed. But the destination of glory is not yet guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. That's why Paul says, you've got to work it out. All right, let's go. A, this practical daily moment by moment salvation results from taking the very Christ, the pattern, whom we live, experience, and enjoy as our inward as well as outward pattern. You know, that word last night on the pattern is absolutely essential. Please do not bypass that. Please go back to study this pattern of the Lord. We need this pattern. We need to become duplicates, Xerox copies, of this pattern. Pattern means a prototype, standard prototype, which is what? That means there should be a lot of what? Reproduction of that prototype. So Christ was the prototype or is the prototype as a pattern. Listen, both inwardly and even outwardly. Not just inwardly, but outwardly our pattern. Even his steps, his humbling himself, the way he suffered, the way he took things, 
The way he humbled himself. Even outwardly, even outwardly, he is our pattern today in the church life. Now today, when sisters, salvation is just in one word. One word, not one word, one phrase or one sentence. It is simply to live Christ. To experience Christ. To enjoy Christ and to magnify Christ with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your parents. At seven o'clock in the morning, at 10 o'clock at night, in the kitchen, in the car, in decision-making, in all manners of situation, are you experiencing Christ, enjoying Christ, living Christ, and even magnifying him? Brothers and sisters, do not think that this is unattainable. If it is, Paul would not be writing this. At least one man lived Christ. I believe thousands and thousands lived Christ. We can live Christ. We are reborn to live Christ. And to live Christ means at that moment we're saved. Practically. The main elements of this salvation are Christ as the crucified life and Christ in his exaltation. This whole pattern from beginning to end. His human living. His crucifixion. You see, that song says, one with thee, one with thee. One with you in your human living. One with you in your crucifixion. One with you in your resurrection. One with you in your enthronement. One with him. To live a life one with him, identified with him, joined to him organically. Brothers and sisters, we know these things. You see, this is the burden. We know these things, but as we check our lives, our living doesn't match what we know, what we know so well. When this pattern becomes our inward life, the pattern becomes our salvation. This very pattern, <clears throat> if we eat it, okay, don't try to copy it in that way, but I would like to say there's some copying involved, not in a way like a monkey imitating a human, not in that way, but much like me learning to write with the best uh, writing or calligraphy, Chinese calligraphy below, I did that when I was growing up. You put a transparent sheet of paper, you take your brush, and then you copy. That copy is not imitation. Like I'm here just looking at that, I'm trying to imitate. No, I am using the original. 
putting a paper on it and copying exactly what is underneath the paper. That's different from imitation. And we copy the Lord by life, by the Spirit, by the exercise of our whole inner being. When we do this, and when we eat this pattern, you like to eat this pattern this morning at the Lord's table, I was almost up there praying. I, someone prayed, so I, have to, I stopped. I was going to utter a prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you on this table with the bread and wine is the pattern. And we're here to eat and drink this pattern. Amen. And the more we eat and drink it, the more this pattern becomes our inward life. Amen. Thank the Lord today we have the inward life and we do also have an outward pattern left to us as a model. Peter said a model. With this inward pattern, with this outward pattern, we have a Phenomenal opportunity to become a reprint of it. A reproduction of it. This morning I want to speak faith into you. Some of you are saying, no, 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 not, not me. I will never live Christ. That is a lie. Only Paul can do it. That is a lie. Even Paul, if he can stand here, he will say, that's a lie. Living Christ is not just for me. Living Christ is not just for the apostles. Living Christ is for every member of the Lord's body. Amen. Living Christ is for every saint, every brother and sister. Amen. I can live Christ. Amen. And I will live Christ. Amen. This is not boastful. This is not to be proud. This is stating a fact. Amen. Tell the devil. I live Christ. And, 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 and don't think living Christ, you are like an angel, you are six feet off the ground, you're living Christ. You know, Brother Lee, what he said? He said, when you think you're living Christ, most likely you're not. When you think you're not, there's a possibility you're living Christ. That means oftentimes living Christ is an unconscious thing. So don't go back and, you know, you know, just do this, am I living Christ, right? Don't do that. That is called introspection. That gets you nowhere. Go back and eat this pattern. Amen. Go back and copy this pattern. Amen. Be one with him. Exercise your spirit with your soul to experience and Enjoy him. You know, this is a great matter, I would like to tell you. We don't have time. To experience Christ is in your spirit. But to enjoy Christ, you need your soul. Our problem today, you may say, our lack today in the recovery is not just in the experience of Christ. Actually, it's in, in the enjoyment of Christ. There's no problem in a way with our spirit, but a lot of problems still in our soul. Our soul is, refuses to be transformed. It's still conformed to this age. It still refuses to die. And so we cannot enjoy Christ. We can have some experience of Christ, but the enjoyment, not so much. Not so much. In any event, this pattern is given to us. We have it 
in our spirit. Let us copy that into our soul. Let us have the mind of this pattern. Let us be full of the emotion of this pattern. Let us have the will of this pattern. We're going to talk about obeying, obeying, obeying to work out this salvation means the exercise of our will. And by that exercise, we enjoy this pattern. And we are saved. B, okay, where am I? Okay, two. Okay, we are in Christ. Thank you. But we're in point two. Uh, point three, to work out our salvation is to work out this pattern and to become in, in experience a reprint of this pattern. Brother Lee say the church is the reprint of the spirit. And we have to say, I am a reprint, reprint of this pattern. I am. You are. May there be a renewed aspiration in the saints, in every dear saint in the Lord's recovery to be a reprint, reproduction of this pattern. The constant salvation in Philippians 1.19 is one in which a particular believer, that's Paul in this case, is saved from a specific encounter in a particular situation, usually in desperate, extreme, most difficult situation, like in a prison. Whereas, this is to be applied to you and me, the constant salvation in 2.12 is one in which any believer is saved from ordinary things, in common situations, in his daily living. You are about to give it back to your wife because he threw something at you. You know, he, he, she, she spoke something to you. You're going to throw it back to him. You're going to, he gave you a zinger, you're going to give her a zinger. That is not a particular situation. That is a pretty constant situation. <laughs> You're not in prison. Thank the Lord. But you need to be saved. Once upon a time in the Lord's recovery, we're boastful. We have little or no divorces. Once upon a time. Not only can we not boast about this today, that situation is more and more, those kind of situations. We check with the students in college, survey them, sample them. Tell, tell us what are the five or six biggest problems that you face as a young person coming to college. You know what is number one? My broken family. It's not depression. It's not loneliness. It's not drugs. It's not alcohol. 
I came from a broken family with a broken marriage. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not some family counselor. I'm not marriage counselor. I'm not in that realm. This morning, I'm saying, this is our daily life. This is our daily life. And without us living Christ, experiencing Christ in these daily situations, we cannot have a Christ-filled home life or family life or marriage life without which we cannot have a prevailing and strong and solid church life. So this morning I say this not in any way to condemn anyone because we're all the same. We all need to be saved we all need to work out our own salvation. Now two, to work out our own salvation is to carry it out, to bring it to the ultimate conclusion. You know, salvation, I said already, is a process. And that means there is an end, there is a conclusion, there is a point of completion. Today, why do we need to work out this salvation? Again, the eternal salvation we don't need to work out because Christ took care of that eternal salvation. But this present salvation that will lead us to glory, to glorification, requires our cooperation to work it out. I hope, brothers and sisters, we would be very, very impressed this morning that every day we're in a workout. Every day. From morning to night, we're in a workout. To work out our own, our own, not somebody else's. Don't try to work out your husband's salvation. That's the problem, you see. Work out your own salvation. Carry it out. Bring it to a conclusion that day you know Paul in this book also very much talk about that day that day because he was nigh to martyrdom he was looking to that day he wanted to be able to boast of the Philippine believers he wanted to not be put to shame at the judgment seat of Christ so he said he was he's looking to that day you know he said in chapter one the good work that has been the Lord has be, God has begun in you. He will complete it until that day, the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's eyes were on the end. The consummate salvation that he would experience. And he longed to see the believers experience as well. We have received God's salvation, which as, has as its climax. There's a word climax. There's a climatic conclusion to our salvation today. Every day, if we work this out, we will experience that climax one day. Our being exalted by God in glory as the Lord Jesus was. The Lord 
was working it out as well in those 33 and a half years. Don't think the Lord was not working. He was working out his own salvation. He carried it out to the climax. Hence, he is our unique pattern. Now we need to carry out this salvation to bring it to its ultimate conclusion by our constant and absolute obedience with the inward motive of fear and the outward attitude of trembling. I'm not here, brothers and sisters, to scare you, to threaten you, to, you know, to, to those, do those kind of things. But according to the apostle's word, you need an attitude to work this out. You know, to, to do anything, you need an attitude, proper attitude. The right attitude. To work out your salvation, you need a particular attitude. There's an outward aspect to it, and there's an inward aspect to it. The outward aspect is fear. I like to say a word to the young people. Have fear. You know, there's a word somewhere in the Old Testament. Fear Jehovah in your youth. Something like that. Fear, brothers and sisters, have a godly fear. Because this climax is not yet guaranteed. Even Paul was not so sure. As he ran the last lap, so to speak, of his race of salvation. And what? And an attitude of trembling. The fear is inward. The trembling is outward. Sometimes I see a brother or a sister saying something. My goodness, after they say that something, I start to tremble for them. How dare you say this? Who are you to say this? Who give you the kind of audacity to say this. You have no, no fear and no trembling at all. I tell you, if you find yourself in that situation, you are surely not working out your salvation. Wrong attitude. See, the inner operating God himself is our salvation, and obedience to him is the working out of our salvation. Now, we're going to get into this. I have not much time left quickly. Three, the reason we need to obey always is that God operates in us. So Paul says in chapter verse 12, after he revealed the pattern of Christ, so then, as a continuation, so then, therefore, my beloved, even as you have always obeyed, he was referencing to the Lord's obedience. It says he became obedient even unto death, and that the death of the cross. He took upon himself obedience unto death, a criminal's death at that. So therefore, even you have always obeyed. 
Think about that mind, that mind that obeyed. Not as in my presence only, but much rather in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now three says the reason we need to obey always is that God operates in us. Is God not operating in us? Amen? Amen. Isn't he operating in you right now? You may not feel him all the time in a strong way, but I tell you, God is operating in you. That is the spirit of Jesus Christ working in you, operating in you. That, that working has the meaning of energizing you, energizing you. Praise the Lord. God is energizing us. Yeah. No, don't try to energize yourself. The pump, 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 the energy, the energy source is, is in you. That, that pink little rabbit or whatever, you know. That, 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 that nonstop energy is in you. You sleep, but he never sleeps. You know, many times I just got up at four o'clock energized and the energy source says pray pray I said I need more sleep it says pray pray I said no I'm tired he says pray eventually I have to get up to pray hallelujah for the energizing triune God now because he's operating we need to obey now, if God is not operating, maybe you don't need to obey. But he is operating mightily, powerfully. So you better obey. You better go along with him. You know, our top problem, our main problem, I would say even our unique problem, in not working out our salvation, is that we do not obey him. That's a unique sin. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Obedience is the top Christian virtue. Our saying amen, our going along with God, it's operation, our obeying him is the, almost the only thing he is demanding of us. He doesn't want us to do this for him, do that for him. He wants you and I just to obey him when he operates. And he operates nonstop. You're going to say this, you're going to send this zinger out. God is operating. And so it couldn't come out. You obey and you die to yourself. You die to your soul. You die to your preference. You die to your reaction at that moment. God is operating so real, so real. It is not that we by ourselves carry out our salvation, but that God operates in us to do it. We cannot save ourselves. It's the inner operating God that does the saving. But we need to cooperate with him. The only thing we need to do is to obey the inner operating energizing God. That's the anointing. 
the moving of the Spirit, the operating God in us. But poor us. How often do we obey him? We don't obey him enough. And so we're not saved. The God who operates in us as our subjective salvation is the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The very God who is Christ in us and the Spirit in us. Amen? Amen. God is in you. Amen? Amen? Christ is in you. Amen? Amen. The Spirit is in you. Amen? Amen. The triune God is in you. Amen? Amen. And He's operating in you. Amen? Amen? Now what do you do? Now what do you do? The one thing you do. Obey. Obey. Obey Him. Whatever He's saying, obey Him. Whatever he tells you to do, obey him. Whatever he tells you to stop doing, obey him. For God operates in us both the willing and the working for his good pleasure. Now, what is his operating in us? He operates in us to bring forth two things. Number one, a willingness within us. For some of us to say, I'm rebellious, I'm not even willing, God is operating to make you willing. Obey that operation. And also the working. The working. This working is not, it is his working within us and even his working in our working out of our salvation for his good pleasure. This good pleasure in this context seems simply refers to that climax of salvation when we're all brought into glory. A, the willing is within, the working is without. Just like the fear is within, the trembling is without, there's a willing within, and there's a working without. We have all the divine provisions from God. We have it, brothers and sisters. Let's cooperate. He operates, we cooperates. B, the willing takes place in our will, indicating God's, that God's operation begins from our spirit and spreads into our mind, emotion, will, and eventually into our physical body. That's why we say the problem today is our soul. God's operating is in our spirit, but the working out, the willing and the working out is in our soul. You may say the willingness. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Am I right? The willingness is God's operating in our spirit. But we need our soul to cooperate with him to work out this salvation. So we need our mind to have his mind. We need our emotion to have his feelings. And we need his will, his obedience to be in our will. Amen. When we do this, our soul is identified with him and we will be saved. See, the good pleasure of God's will is to operate in us so that we may reach the climax of his supreme salvation. Amen. I look forward to that. Amen? I look forward to that. Five, murmurings and reasonings, a, another pair. Another pair. 
frustrate us from carrying out our salvation to the fullest extent and from experiencing and enjoying Christ to the uttermost. I don't have the time, but I want you just to remember the two enemies, the two salvation destroyers. God wants to save, but Satan wants to destroy. And he sent these two things, murmurings, reasonings, to frustrate us from carrying out this salvation. When you murmur and when you reason, you are not in the enjoyment of Christ. Your soul is taken over by something evil, something dark, something negative. A, murmurings are of our emotion, comes mainly from the sisters. Not so sure, I think many brothers have this problem. <laughs> reasonings are of the mind and come mainly from the brothers. Not so sure about this. Many sisters are great reasoners. <laughs> Murmurings and reasons are due to disobedience to God. Remember this. When you murmur next time, when you reason next time, you are committing disobedience or the sin of disobedience. Obedience to God slays all murmurings and reasonings. When you say amen to the Lord, amen to the inner operating, amen to the inner anointing, you would stop. Your murmurings will be killed. Your reasonings will stop. We should do all things without murmurings and reasonings in order that we may become blameless and guileless. Paul just liked these doubles. Here's another two. Blameless and guileless. Children of God without blemish. Paul's expectation of us, the believers, is one day we would stand blameless and guileless before the Lord. Number one, blameless des describes our outward behavior and guileless our inward character. To be guileless is to be simple, artless, that means not political or innocent. As children of God, we have God's life and nature. One day, dear saints, we should be blameless and totally guileless. But today, we should experience this already. As opposed to murmurings and, and reasonings, we should exhibit a blameless and guileless character, which is totally, totally the pattern of Christ even Christ himself. Okay, I better read the rest very quickly. In the midst of the dark and corrupt world, which is usurped by Satan, our function is to shine as luminaries, holding forth the word of life. This shows us Paul, the gospel never leaves Paul. Even when he talks about working out the salvation, it's not just for you to go into glory. It's not just for you to be spiritual. It is for you to shine. It is for us to shine as luminaries, holding forth the word of life. Christ is the sun with the church as the moon, and the believers are the planets to reflect him by holding forth the word of life. You know what is this? This is becoming God. This is the high peak of the divine revelation. We would be objects of light. We would be luminaries. God is light. Christ is the sun. 
But today, we are not the source of that light. We're the reflectors of this light. We reflect the same light. And so, in this sense, we become light itself. We become Christ. We live Christ. And we become God in expression, though not in the Godhead. To hold forth the word of life is to apply it, present it, offer it to the world by living out Christ. Even today, this high peak can be worked out in us. This high peak eventually is to bring us into full salvation. Full salvation means we are totally identified with Christ in our entire tripartite being. 7, Philippians 2, 12 to 16 is a definition of the living Christ in 1, 19 and 21. I just read through it. You say amen, okay? The God who operates in us is the supplying spirit. Amen. To shine as luminaries is to magnify Christ. Amen. And to hold forth the word of life is to live Christ. Amen. Okay. See, the only way to live Christ is to be saturated with the word of life. Amen. The word of life is the living breath of God. Amen. 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 The spirit who gives life. Amen. We need to pray, read the word. Amen. Receiving the word of God by means of all prayer and petition. Amen. We need to sing, read the word. Amen. Oh, dear saints, sing the word. Amen. And let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom by singing. Amen. I, didn't, I don't have time. This morning I was going to sing to you my latest word. I just wrote another word based on Acts 26 verse 18. I wrote this for this summer college training. But I have no time to sing to you. Okay. Sing the word. If we are filled with the riches of the living word day by day, spontaneously we will hold forth the word of life. Amen. This is to live Christ that he may be magnified in us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this is how we eat the pattern. Amen. By eating the word. Amen. So dear saints, pray the word. Amen. Read the word. Amen. Sing the word. Amen. Praise the word. Amen. Amen? And offer the word. Amen. Speak the word. Amen. Present the word. By this, we can live and magnify Christ. Amen. And that's how we're saved day by day. If you don't do these things, you're not saved. You just have murmurings and reasonings. People who are filled with the word like this, no time to reason and murmur. Lastly, Philippians 2, 5 to 16 reveals the divine and rich provision for our constant salvation. Let's read A. A. B. We have God. Aren't you happy Amen. for all this provision? Amen. We have. Amen. We have. Amen. We are. Amen. We are. Amen. And we have. Amen. No excuses. Amen. Let's live Christ. Amen. 
Let's experience him, enjoy him, live him, and magnify him. And by this, let us work out our daily and constant salvation with that climax of glory in view. May the Lord bless the church in Southern California, the family of our dear brother Lee. Amen. Amen? May we really not be empty and be the real testimony of Jesus today. When people contact us, they just contact Christ. And everywhere in the Southland, we're what? We're here to what? Hold forth the word of life, shining as luminaries in this dark world today. So have just some prayers and we can come up. Have a little prayer. Amen. sisters. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for the inner operating God. Oh, he's energizing us to work out our own salvation. So if you have that inner pum pum pum, if you have that sort of energizing within, and you may be in a little bit fear and trembling, but come forward and work out your own salvation. Release your enjoyment. Amen. There's only one way to be happy in the Lord. Amen. Trust and obey. Amen. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So come forward, those, especially those who have not shared yet in this conference. But we hope that we have a good number of saints to come forward to release their enjoyment for the encouragement and exhortation of all. We'll have till 12.05 to be able to do this. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Well, saints, uh, I'm so glad for this, uh, this word of warning that we would be saved from the emptiness and to identify our urgent need, which is not just to have uh, better meetings or to have a stronger preaching of the gospel, which we do need, but to identify our, our real need here, which is to, which is to live Christ Amen. and to really enjoy Christ in a daily way as our constant salvation. Right. 
Um, yes, we do have situations that are special where we need to experience the bountiful supply of the Spirit. But uh, what, about, what about our daily life? And this portion here in Philippians 2, which is really defining what it is to live Christ, this matter of murmurings and reasonings, surely the Lord needs to save us. Amen. We need to enjoy him as our salvation so that we can live and magnify him day by day. Amen. Go ahead. Uh, what a salvation. Amen. Uh, what a blessing we can hear such a word. Amen. Brother, sister, do we need this kind of salvation? Amen. We do need this kind of salvation. Amen. We have the eternal salvation from God's judgment, Amen. from the lake of fire. But we need to be saved daily, moment by moment, from our murmuring, Amen. from our reasoning. Amen. We need to be saved to live Christ, Amen. to magnify Christ. Amen. Oh, we do have such a pattern before us. Amen such a pattern within us. Yeah. We do have the operating God within us. Amen. We do have the word of life in our hand. Amen. Oh, we need to present this word. Amen. We need to sing this word. Pre-read this word. Amen. I can testify only this word can save us daily, moment by moment. Amen. You know, in the beginning of the year, we start getting into the word. By getting into the, this word, we can be saved. Saints, we surely need this word this morning. Amen. I was really impressed that the main peril before us is the matter of emptiness, Amen. which deals with the content. But when this pattern, Christ, becomes our inward life, and the, the pattern becomes our salvation. Amen. So we have the phenomenal opportunity to become the reprint of the Spirit. Amen. This pattern I really appreciated freshly. It's the exact copy. There's a, there's a copy. The pattern is in us. It's the exact copy that we need to be worked out in our daily life. Amen. I'm not here tracing something by looking at something far away, but the very pattern that needs to be reproduced is in our spirit. Amen. And the main gap in my daily living is that exactly that. It's the ordinary daily living. So praise the Lord, we have the pattern. And surely we have many ordinary experiences to work out this pattern. Amen. Maybe 30 seconds. Amen. Saints, praise the Lord. We need to be daily saved. Amen. Oh, by being found in Him. Amen. It's not a matter of what we're doing. It's a matter of what realm we're in. Amen. Is our reality the natural realm or is it the divine realm? The realm of the kingdom. Paul just, uh, I really enjoy what Paul says that his aspiration was to be found in Him. This is to experience Christ as our constant salvation. And I just want to read a, a half a footnote. Oh, oh, Lord Jesus, praise the Lord. We can be found in him day by day and moment by moment. Amen. Praise the Lord for our brother Lee's ministry. Praise the Lord that this ministry has opened up to us all the riches of the Bible. But our desperate need right now is that all of these books would become our reality that we would experience these things. And how does this happen? By the working out of our salvation and our daily living. But we see that the enemy wants to impede this by murmurings and reasonings. The children of Israel, the first generation, they perished in the wilderness, even though they were initially saved because of an evil heart of unbelief. Oh Lord, save us from an evil heart of unbelief. Cause us to turn to you and work out our salvation and our daily living. Amen. That all of your riches will be reality to us. 
Like others have shared, I also was very helped by seeing that the main peril that we may be facing in the Lord's recovery today is not that of division, but that of emptiness. That is to be devoid of Christ, which is to be devoid of the experience of Christ. So day by day, we need to experience this Christ, enjoy this Christ, and be infused with this Christ as the pattern that his living may become our living personally and corporately. So praise the Lord for such a word to bring us back to the enjoyment and the experience of Christ as our living pattern. Amen. Praise the Lord for the experience of Christ. Amen. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Oh, I need Christ practical daily, daily, moment by moment. I need this eating and eating, drinking for this partner reproducing in me. Christ be magnified. Praise the Lord for we are in the paradise of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah for the word this morning. Don't we all need Christ? Amen. Lord, I want you to be my reality. Amen. And I was so helped at the end that we don't only have Paul's word in chapter 1 that we need to live Christ, but we have a definition. In chapter 2, we have a way. Amen. We could be those who are full of the word of life. We can read the word. We can pray read the word. We can sing the word. And we can speak the word. And this makes us the luminaries in this age. And I'm so happy that Paul's thought is not just to bring us into glory, but to be those shining out here in Southern California. Lord, make us those shining with the word of life, full of you as our rich content. Yesterday before the conference, uh, my wife and I gave uh, two Bible recovery to two uh, gospel friends. I wrote uh, one word, he who believes into the Lord has eternal life. To them, it to be regenerated right here. But to us, uh, we need not just only to be regenerated, brother say to us, we need to be saved. Amen. We need to enjoy Christ. To, the most important thing for us to do is, is to experience Christ as our enjoyment today. Even in this moment, we need to enjoy his uh, constant salvation. It's the best way to, to obey the operating God within us. This God is the supplying spirit. Oh, we need to eat his word. Eat this pattern. Praise the word, pray, read the word, sing the word, hallelujah. And then we can live Christ on this earth. We need to live Christ according to his word. We need to make our own salvation. This salvation is day by day, moment by moment, enjoy Christ and obey his word. This morning, I was obeying the Lord, asking me to memorize Ephesians 1 with our young people. But actually, every time I memorize verses 1, I forget. Every time I try to verses 2, I forgot verses 1. But through this memorization and pray read, I enjoy Christ because of pom 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 upbringing us. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 3, in Ephesians 2.13, for it is God who operates in you, both the willing and the working of, of his good pleasure. Saints, this is how we work out our salvation because this operating is our, is our energy. It's our, it's, our, it's our bunny in us that has the battery. Lord, it's our energizing. 
The willing is with us in working out. The willing takes place in our indicating that God is operating, being in our spirit, spreading it to our mind, emotion, and will. Last night I touched the, in order to enjoy the deeper joy, we need to experience the crucified life. And this morning I enjoy that we need to be trust the one that trusts and obey. Trust that God loves us. He never stops his operating in us. And we just need to obey by enjoy him, to eat him and uh, drink him as a pattern that would operate that willingness and obedience that we can work our, our own salvation to the full. Dear Saints, dear Saints, we will end this portion, the sharing, at 12.05, but we will not shorten, this. we still have 30 seconds, but uh, there will be, there's way too many Saints up here to share, so if you can be short, be short, but we will end at 12.05. Okay, continue, Sister. Amen. If there's a point I can take away from this morning, it's, it's to obey the, the triune God energizing and, and operating in us, both the willing and the working. Um, I had gone to the full-time training in Anaheim after I was in a different training called FTT Marriage, and now I'm in a different training called FTT Motherhood, and it's definitely a training. Anytime there's a downtime, I just want to do something mindless, and while I'm doing that mindless thing, the Lord is saying, hey, Heidi, Heidi, and I just ignore, and then my husband comes and tries to encourage me, but Lord Jesus! <laughs> I need to obey the triune God who's energizing and operating within me. Saints, don't you love this kind of family talk? This morning our brother was not speaking to us in theology, but with an intimate care, burden for us, that, and by way of his own personal pursuit to gain Christ, that we would not remain in the peril of emptiness, but we would be filled with a renewed aspiration. Oh, to be saved to the uttermost. Even the more our brother is speaking faith into us. It is a lie to say that we cannot live Christ. We can and we will live Christ. We were reborn to live Christ. Amen. Uh, Okay. Okay, the Lord's uh, salvation is universal. Uh, when he died on the cross, uh, he opened up the gate of the Hades. Uh, he released all the captives. Praise the Lord for the universal salvation. Amen. <laughs> 不公平啊，不公平啊！我提出异议啊，我可不可以发一的时间要剪掉？好不好？我要不要提出说完？还有几句？可不可以？嗯，no，it's I'm glad I came to this morning because I was in a memorial a conference webcasting. I don't understand what is experiencing Christ as our constant salvation. Hallelujah! By God's mercy, I came here today. 
Now I know what is experiencing Christ as our constant salvation. Brother, sister, I'll say no more, but I will say this. Come to Lord's Recovery Meeting as much as you can. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. We have meetings, we have conference, we have everything you need to come here to drink and eat for our constant salvation. Praise the Lord, I can live Christ and I will live Christ. Saints, if you're here this morning, you can live Christ and you will live Christ. So even if in your daily living you get smacked around, you get a bunch of zingers thrown at you, you have a bunch of zingers you want to throw out, maybe you came up to the microphone and you couldn't finish your prophesying, realize that you have a constant and daily salvation. And it is nothing less and nothing more than this person. This person is your salvation. All you have to do is obey. Lord, we obey. This morning I'm so happy to learn that this, our salvation is a person, and this person lives inside of us. This person is waiting every day, every moment to save us out, out from our situation. And hallelujah, the inner operating God himself is our salvation. And our obedience to him is the working out of our salvation. And hallelujah, we, can all, we cannot obey the inner operation of, of, of the triune God so that we can be saved daily from our situation and that we can live Christ. Amen. Saints, I came to the microphone because I need to be saved. Amen. I want to be saved. Amen. And praise the Lord that we have the Lord Jesus as a living person in us as our constant salvation, as our daily salvation. The Lord's salvation is not for him alone, but for us. This is why we need him as our pattern. We are to duplicate this, this salvation. If you are not magnifying Christ at the moment, you are saved, but not saved. Glory is not guaranteed, therefore we need to work out our salvation. May we be, may be, may we be those every day that work out. Amen. Saints, I'm so thankful and so encouraged that I can practice and work out my own salvation uh, in this garden of the churches in Southern California. Um, it's not by ourselves to carry out this salvation, but He is operating in us. He is operating and He's energizing. So Lord, I'm willing to obey. Hebrews 7:25. Hence also He is able to save to the uttermost those who come forward to God through Him, since He lives always to intercede for us. We by ourselves are not able, but He is able. Praise the Lord that He is able that we have this energizing, operating God in us. We just need to take initiative to exercise every day, to work out our own salvation. Lord, make us more willing and submissive to your will. Amen. Uh, Saints, trust our own spirit inside our innermost being and that it push us uh, all the way to the ultimate salvation. Amen. Amen. Saints, we need a constant salvation. One time in the training, I was getting dinner, and at the very end, there was the best-tasting dinner rolls there. And I asked the Lord, Lord, do you want bread? Half joking. As I went to go grab the bread, the Lord said, no, I don't want bread. And so I didn't take the bread. <laughs> and my soul enjoyed the Lord as the real bread. 
So we can experience a constant salvation of the Lord day by day in all our daily experiences. Uh, and we're not saved uh, or we're saved to be living one with him. We're saved to be uh, living Christ. <laughs> I enjoyed from this conference that we need to be saved from our murmurings and raisings. And, and we need to obey because God operates in us. And we need to trust and obey to experience enjoy, live, and magnify Christ. I worship the Lord for this word, and I do see uh, this morning that uh, we can, uh, we have the hope to reach the, um, the climax of the, this supreme salvation. Oh, Lord Jesus, if we don't magnify Christ, we are in our moment by moment, and we are not saved. So all of us need this salvation. Let this mind be in us that the mind of Christ, this pattern, in, this pattern is operating and uh, working out our salvation. Hallelujah. We, we only have enough Christ. time for two more. Hallelujah, Sorry, we can Lord. live Christ and magnify Christ. <laughs> but what this requires is that we obey the Christ that's in our spirit. Amen. Our problem today is not that we're in division or that we lack knowledge, but we're empty of the Christ in our soul. Amen. So, I too had, you know, I get, I get up at two and three in the morning, I'm like, Lord, I need more sleep. But what the Lord's telling me is that you need more of me. Amen. Get up and obey me. Amen. Touch me so you can have more of Christ in my soul. Amen. The, the willing takes place in our will, will indicating, indicating that God's operation begins from our spirit and, and spreads into our mind, emotion, emotion will, will, and eventually into our physical body. Lord, make us willing. We have six more seconds for one more. We need to carry out this salvation by our constant obedience and inward motive of fear and our attitude of trembling. Amen. Hallelujah. So now we have uh, three important announcements being given by two brothers and they will come up for the next 15 minutes. Great, go ahead. Amen, saints. Um, this morning the brothers asked if we would give you a quick update regarding our family camp, our Southern California family camp. I don't know if the brothers have the uh, PowerPoint ready, but if they could put it up. I'm just gonna go briefly through it uh, because of time, but I will also post a version of it on our website, which I will give you the, um, the URL later in the uh, presentation. So let's go to the first slide. So just wanted to give you saints a quick rundown of some of the renovation projects that have been going on at our family camp over the last year. Uh, first, we converted a craft room uh, into a meeting room for 50 saints. Uh, this is important because we want to have more areas where smaller groups could get together and meet. Uh, we also removed the paintball trailer to have uh, some space for a new cabin, which we'll talk about. That's one of the exciting projects that we're working on, and we'll talk about that a little more in detail in a minute. We've removed over 40 dead trees. This is something that happens on an annual basis. We have to go through, because of the 
the vast area and the many trees that exist on the property, we have to, uh, on an annual basis, go through and clean that up. We've upgraded our laundry facilities and we've cleaned up the ball field area, which is probably our second most exciting project, which I'll tell you more about in a minute. And then in our kitchen, we bought a new convection oven, a food warmer, and an ice machine. Next tab. In addition, uh, we're currently installing a new 210,000 gallon water tank. This is something that we knew we were gonna have to do, and this is the year that we're doing it. We're also installing uh, irrigation and grass for our new athletic field, our new ball field, which like I said, I'll explain more in a minute. We're designing, we're in the last stages of a design and build of a custom cabin to replace the current um, rundown trailers that, that exist there on the property. Uh, we expect within the next, I would say probably 60 days, we'll, we'll purchase our first cabin. This is uh, something that's very exciting. This will be a place where um, even some of our older saints would be able to go and feel very comfortable in these facilities. We're upgrading our archery range to add four additional lanes and we're constructing a beautiful stone wall with signage, beautiful signage at the front entrance as you enter onto the property. Okay, let's go to the next tab. Now, unfortunately, you will not be able to see this tab very, very well on the, on the TV screen. So I encourage you to go to the website. I will put this tab on there and you can zoom in. This is very, very exciting. First, if you see the, the green patch there, uh, the lighter green patch, that will be our new athletic field. You'll be able to play soccer on it, uh, ultimate frisbee, uh, a myriad of different uh, athletic events you can do there. There'll also be a walking path with exercise equipment. We're resurfacing the basketball court, adding additional volleyball court, a badminton uh, area, an amphitheater, um, bocce ball, and I'm probably missing six or seven additional things, but this facility will be, um, I think will set Oakland apart from any camp in Southern California. No camp has facilities that we're, that we're currently building uh, there. Okay, let's go to the next tab. This is just a, a rendering, if you will, of what the exterior of these cabins will look like. Uh, very beautiful, very modern, and uh, they'll be very comfortable, like I said, for all saints, but, but even especially for some of our older saints to come and visit. If we go to the next tab, we actually have uh, a rendering of the interior uh, of the cabin. And as I mentioned before, we're hoping we'll have our first one purchased within the next, I'll say 60 days. We're hoping it's a little sooner than that, but for sure within 60 days. Let's go to the next tab. So this is also a rendering of our, our entrance wall, the new wall that's being uh, constructed, and this is where our new signage uh, will be. Okay, let's go to the next tab. I just wanted to uh, show you, Saints, what's been happening over the last uh, few years. As you can see, the uh, number of, or percentage, I should say, of local church uh, visitors has gone up every single year. From 2016, we had 30% of the total to now we're at 35. 
We're actually hoping in 2019 to get closer to that 40% level. And, I, and as the years go on, we're obviously hoping that number will significantly increase. So I encourage you, if you have not been to Oak Glen, visit with, your, with the saints, uh, with the brothers there in your locality. There are, there are ways for you saints to come up and visit in small groups and, and things like that. Okay, let's go to the next tab. This is just a quick update regarding our loan. As you saints remember, uh, we borrowed money to purchase the property. Uh, the purchase price was about $8 million, and to date uh, we've paid down approximately $4 million. In addition, we borrowed uh, $2 million from the Engetti sale to additionally pay down the note to save interest. And that leaves a remaining loan balance of about 372000 as you can see there. Um, we did pay, for, for your information, we've paid to date about 768000 in interest payments. Uh, this is because the, the, the pay down of the note happened a little bit slower than we had anticipated and budgeted for. Let's go to the next tab. So this is just a, another uh, quick numerical summary for you with respect to the loan pay down. As you can see, uh, our current shortfall from the last couple of years, we had a budget of about 6.4 and um, we raised about 4.25. So there's a, there was a shortfall of about 2.1 in, in the contribution raises. Let's go to the next tab. So just to give you saints a quick uh, summary of what we're hoping and what we had hoped the Engetti sale proceeds would do for us. Uh, firstly, our new cabins at about 68,000 per uh, equates, and 15 cabins equates to about a million dollars. Our new multi-purpose building, which I will, um, or, or another brother will get into in more detail later this year, it is a very exciting new project. We're gonna have a facility that will enable us to sit 350 saints at one time in a very nice uh, uh, building. Uh, we also are hoping to do a, a seismic upgrade and renovation of our chapel. Uh, that's been something that's been on our heart for a while, but we haven't been able to do it as of yet. Uh, that equates to about $2 million in um, funds needed in order to, to do those things. Let's go to the next tab. Uh, one of the things that I thought I would do just to kind of, when you look at big numbers, sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, but actually the $2.3 million, $2 million shortfall is actually not so intimidating when you break it up into smaller bite-sized pieces. And so what I did was I said, what if we had 2,500 uh, giving units that would be willing to give it $50 a month for 19 months, which is through the end of next year? Uh, if we were able to do that, we would raise $2.375 million by the end of next year. That would completely pay off the note. That would completely uh, cover the costs associated with the new cabins, uh, with the, um, the new meeting facility, and, uh, and the chapel uh, seismic upgrade. Um, let's go to the next tab. This last tab, this is where you can find, you'll find everything related to uh, our Family Blending Center. Uh, I'll post this PowerPoint presentation on there. There's also a way, if, if, uh, if, if you had the feeling to give, you can go to this 
website. You can see it's SoCalBlendingCenter.org. SoCalBlendingCenter.org. There are many different things you can access through this website. You, you will be able to access this PowerPoint. You'll be able to see some pictures. You'll be able to see some additional information. I'm hoping to have this PowerPoint updated by early uh, this week. Um, but also, there's a donate button. You, you may not be able to see it. It's a little small, but it's in red. If you click on that donate button, there are different ways you can give. You can give via a credit card, you can give via PayPal, you can give via uh, ACH, or you can uh, donate directly through your local church and, and uh, the local church will then make the donation to Southern Cal uh, Blending Center. Anyway, I, I just really thank the Lord for everything he's done so far uh, with our family camp. This is Southern California's family camp. And so if you have not had a chance to visit I really encourage you to spend some time, get together with some saints in your locality, and put together a little visit up to Oak Glen. We would love to have you. Uh, love to spend some blending time with you there. Praise the Lord for our family camp. Amen. And, and like Brother Menor said, this is our family talk, and, uh, and this camp is our camp. And in fact, all the young people who have been through, or any of you who have been through the camp, you know, this is by far the best camp in Southern California. Uh, now we're making it better. Uh, we, we're, you, know, you heard all the improvement that uh, Anthony just, just gave us. This will make this camp good for any saints of all ages. Uh, so dear saints, since this is our camp, we should own it completely, right? Uh, we, we, we got this camp uh, three and a half years ago, three and a half years ago, and uh, now we are down to only about 5% to pay off the entire loan. Of course, you know, the $2 million that, 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 that was used to pay down uh, the loan, that original $2 million, which is uh, uh, proceeds from the sale of Engedi, that is to be used for the improvements, but in order to minimize the interest payment, we used it to pay down the, pay down the, the loan. But now we were ready to pay, pay off the loan, and from that point on, we can continue to improve this camp. So my proposal is, dear brothers and sisters, how about we just pay down the loan completely, which is 372000 right? So $372,000. let us just pay it off. We have so many saints. So many churches, 50 churches here, we just share a little bit and that loan can be paid off. And then we can continue to give toward the improvement cost, which you, you, you saw, you know, like all those trailers, you, you save in, in those trailers, they're not really that comfortable. But this, this new cabin, you saw the picture, right? It's really nice. Good for all ages. Uh, and this camp, once it's improved, it will be really, Wonderful for all the saints to go to enjoy the Lord. You know, individually you can spend time with the Lord. You can blend with the saints, and the church can have a, uh, a weekend conference there. Uh, serving ones can have a time there. Uh, this camp can be used in so many different ways, uh, and and you saw the number. You know, from 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 the time we acquired the camp until today, the usage by the churches is only 35 percent. 
That means the other 65% are used by the other outside Christian entity group. But this is our camp. So our goal and our burden is that this camp will be completely used by all the churches here. Uh, not just the young people, but saints of all, all ages. You know. but, but one thing we have to do is we have to reserve early because all the other groups, they, they reserve a year ahead. So, so anyway, we realized that in Anaheim, so we begin to reserve. So like, like in District 1, we're going we're gonna to go there next April. We already reserved it, you know? So you have to reserve way ahead so you can, you can go there. Or else, you know, they will beat us on the schedule. So dear brothers and sisters, this is our camp. Amen. Let's use it. Amen. Let's go, go there. Amen. You know, we have uh, this dear couple that's serving there, Billy and Julie. Can you stand up? We can. We can see you. You know, our, our dear, dear brothers and sisters are serving there. Contact them, you know, and work out something with, with them and, and go to the camp. How many of you have been to the camp? How many? Well, a very good number. But if you have not, please go. It's not that far, and you don't have to climb that very high. It's only 4,000 4, feet, right? Oh, 5,000 feet. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's no problem. Amen? Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, uh, we'd like to fellowship regard, regarding this new publication called the Ministry Digest. The Ministry Digest. And this publication has come out in Chinese and English, the first issue. Uh, and the Korean and Spanish will come out in September. So by October, the second issue of this magazine will come out in all four languages, English, Chinese, Korean, and Spanish. And what is the burden behind this magazine of this monthly publication? Firstly, the collective work of Witness Lee have been all published, 139 volumes, a good number of you, own a set of that. Uh, you look at the 139 volumes, how do you get into it? It's very nice on your bookshelf, but how do we get into it? Well, the burden of this ministry digest is to bring us gradually into the riches of the collective works of Brother Witness Lee. Uh, and and 40, more than 40% of the uh, publication in this set of volumes are unpublished ministry in English uh, before. So this is the first time you appear in English. So dear brothers and sisters, this magazine is to help us to get into the riches of this ministry. You know, heard, you heard the uh, messages this weekend, and, and we just heard this. I just was commenting to, to, to a brother. You know, we just heard this two weeks ago. But this morning and this weekend, it is as though we, we're hearing this for the first time. The, 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 the ministry opened up the riches of this word and also bring us the way to, to, to enter into all this truth as our reality. So, dear brothers and sisters, this magazine is here to help us. And, and this magazine consists of four lines. First line, it is 
the history of the Lord's recovery. And second line is on the words for new believers. And third, maturing in life. And the fourth line on the high peak of the divine revelation. And, and regarding these four lines, these are all taken from the collected word of Witnessly, but they come to us bite-size, month by month. And, and uh, so this is the first burden, to bring us the riches of this collected works. And secondly, this magazine, the burden is to bring the churches, all the saints, into a habit of reading the ministry. You know, uh, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, the church in Anaheim, we had a burden to bring the whole church into all the foundational books uh, in the Lord's recovery. You know, the, the economy of God, the all-inclusive Christ, uh, the glorious church, the knowledge of life, the orthodoxy of the church. All these books are foundational books. And we began to lead the saints into this. And I must testify that by the reading of these books, we are very much blessed. We are blessed individually, we are blessed corporately as the church. Uh, and when this book comes out, our burden is that the whole church will enter into one line of this book every month. Every, every month we'll get into this book. Uh, you know, our brother shared that, that today we're facing this peril of emptiness. Not, um, you know, we have all the riches on the, on the bookshelf. But all these riches need to become our riches. Now, how do we get into these riches? By daily getting into these, these books. Not only we read the Bible, not only we have the Holy Word for morning revival. Dear saints, we need to get into this ministry. To open up the Word, bring us the riches of God's Word. Uh, so we want to uh, bring this to you, all the saints, that all the churches in the Lord's recovery will get into this book. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord for the Lord's uh, way to help us. Well, you know, I just feel we need a lot of help. Uh, I think many of us have books on a bookshelf. But how many of you have gotten into all the books? Many times we wish we got into, into all these books. But now this is the way. Every month you come out with a new, new issue to bring us into all these riches. And not only the church can get into it corporately, but individually we can get into some of the, uh, some of the uh, portion. And even small groups and even some of the saints will get together uh, during the day can get into one of these things. Okay, so we'd like to bring this to your attention, and the bookstore will be open for you to, to, uh, to look at these books and also to, to subscribe. Okay, um, I, I'm going to make an announcement in Chinese regarding the collective works of Witness Lee in Chinese. Okay, so please forgive me. I'll just uh, read this. In Chinese, Li Changshou Wenji, Solo Zhu Li Changshou Di Xiong, Yu Yijiu Sangar Nian, Si Yijiu Jiu Qi Nian, Zai Ge Di Jing Zhi, Suo Shi Fang Xin Xi, Yu Ge Zhong Jiao Tong Ji Lu, 
，加上主仆历年编写的诗歌、个人圣经中的笔记，以及与主工作有关的信函，不含圣经各卷、生命读经、新约总论、真理课程与生命课程，按年代排列，预计共一百三十八册，中文版总页数逾十万。乃神借着他时代的执事，赐给他众儿女真理与生命的宝库，为主恢复中神圣丰富的传家之宝。除此，除以出版者以外，将从二零一九年起分四年陆续出版。所以在这里有呃有有两个方案，呃，弟兄姊妹可以进入。那这一个特价是到。的夏季训练，呃，结束就截止了，所以请弟兄姊妹抓住机会 ，OK， 这个这是一个很好的机会，让我们能够得着这样子一个宝库，这样子一个传家之宝在我们的家里面 ，Amen。好，我就到这里为止。This last special announcement is actually a call to prayer、uh, for the North American College training. This uh, uh, this uh, North American College training is something that is very special. When it was done four years ago as the、um, national college training, we had 1,800 participate, of which 1,200 were students. In contrast to that, this year. The North American College training will have 2,800, with 1,900 college students, representing a 55% increase over the national college training four years ago. So, for any sort of event like this to happen, it requires a lot of prayer. So, we're introducing a new website that will help in facilitating this prayer. By providing for all the saints in their prayer、uh, specific topics based on the current need、uh, for the North American College training, that website is 40daysprayer.com. That's、uh, that is shown on the screen. 40 days, 40 days, prayer.com, and the burden of this website is to. Allow us beginning to、uh, beginning July、uh, June 11th, which is next Tuesday, starting with June 11th, all the way through to July 20th. That's the last day of the North American College training. That represents 40 days. 40 days, right? Period of、uh, of, of, tr- of trial. Your 40 days spent in prayer. Uh, for the North American College training, if we can have all the saints to pray for five particular directions, to fully gain a new generation of college-eight saints for God's eternal purpose of Christ and the church, two, to bind the strong man Satan and to plunder his house of young vessels chosen by the Lord for His use, three, to prepare the hearts. Strengthen the spirits and preserve the health of the saints, so that they can partake of the training. And four, 
to grant the serving saints the love, faith, grace, wisdom, energy, and endurance to minister to the young people. And five, to rule over all things in the outward environment, whether it be weather, transportation, food, lodging, safety, all these matters related to the tr training. These general, these general directions of prayer are all needed for this North American college training to have maximum impact. So, brothers and sisters, consider yourselves having been issued a call to prayer. Amen? 40 days. Now we turn, we'll conclude, this concludes the 2019 Southern California Blending Conference. Oh, praise the Lord for subjectively experiencing and enjoying this Christ. Oh, for our constant and daily salvation. For your information, this is the fifth consecutive conference that we've had, blending conference that we had in Southern California. And in yesterday's sessions, we had an average of 1,700 saints in attendance. This morning, we have in attendance 35, over 3,500 saints. And in the weekend children's camp, we have another We have another 300 children and adults participating there in Ball Road. So, praise the Lord that we can have such a big family. Amen. Finally, to carry out such a conference, a lot of serving occurred behind the scenes. Over 600 saints have volunteered their time and energy at various times this week and weeks prior to coordinate and serve together in various capacities just so that we can have this wonderful time of blending. Amen. So praise the Lord for the church in Southern California. Amen. The audio and video of this conference will be made available on this website. And again, this, the link will be placed on the screens here. This website is SoCalBlending.org. This is a website that we now have a couple weeks. It'll be our standing website for anything related to the Southern California churches. So SoCalBlending.org. Please allow a few days for the Serving Brothers to upload the video, the video in English, and there will be audio files in English, Chinese, Spanish, Korean, and Vietnamese. Bookstore. The bookstore will be open in the northeast corner of the assembly area for 45 minutes after this meeting is dismissed. Offering boxes. Material offerings may be made using the built-in offering boxes near each entrance of the MCC. If your offering is being made to a particular locality, please designate that locality clearly on your offering. Any cash or undesignated offering will be applied to a dedicated account for the benefit of all the churches in Southern California. Lord's Table bread containers. If you brought the bread for the Lord's Table in a personal non-disposable container that you would like to keep, please do not forget to pick up your container in the south lobby over there. Lost and found. If you, if you are missing any items, please check 
the lost and found table, also located in the south lobby. There are a number of items, including ministry books, water bottles, clothes, etc. This announcement is for the church in Anaheim. The church news can be picked up at the information, information window at the southeast corner of the assembly area, right, right in that direction. Finally, stickers. If the back of your chair, not all chairs, but if the back of your chairs have a red dot on it, please peel it off and throw it away in the trash bin, please. These trash bins are located everywhere in MCC. These are the red stickers that were used for the coordination of the Lord's Table uh, ushering. And then regarding the chairs, we will need to restore this main floor for the FTTA classes that continue tomorrow. For this, we ask all the saints to stack their chairs in stacks of three before leaving. So if we can just help out with those chairs around us, stacks of three before leaving. Those saints who have signed up for the chair service takedown, please meet after these announcements at the south lobby again near the green pipe and drape. So right here, near the green pipe and drape. Please, oh, additionally, any saints who would like to also volunteer to help serve, please feel free to join chair service immediately after we dismiss. Meet in the south lobby and lunch will be provided. And parents, so before we dismiss, maybe what we can do is have the parents who have children at the weekend children's camp at the Ball Road facilities, maybe you can go right now, be dismissed right now, and pick up your children. Please do not linger here at the MCC since the saints there have been serving for the last five hours. So parents, we'll give you a moment to be able to beat the traffic. Please go pick up your children right now. Finally, when we, the rest of us exit the MCC after stacking the chairs three high, uh, let us all exit the main assembly area as quickly as possible after dismissal without running. If you stay to fellowship with the saints, please conduct this fellowship outside. It's a beautiful day so we can make use of the wonderful campus facilities and fellowship outside, okay? So let us stack the chairs three high and we can be dismissed. Praise the Lord for the church in Southern California. Amen.